Kirk Cousins once again on the edge of medical technology, doing a little bit extra to try to get that Achilles healed. I'm going to tell you all about, all about it on the Lockdown Vikings podcast. You like it on three, one, two, three. You, like it! you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, where we are always trying to learn something new. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you so much to my everydayers, everybody who listens to this show every single day. Those of you, you just put me on in your car on your way to work or whatever. I appreciate you all so much. Uh, and I, I can't tell you that enough. Love hearing from you. So please reach out. You can always send me an email at LockedOnVikingsPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by prize picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepickscom slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL, all lowercase for first deposit match up to $100. You can find the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, whether it is any audio listening place like Sirius XM. You can also find the show on YouTube or Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota sports app. Bit of a weird one today. Uh, but I promise I'm not going to spend the entire show talking about stem cells, <laughs> but I saw the thank you to Reddit user Gavy 93, I think it was who I would never have seen this if you hadn't put this on the Vikings subreddit. So thanks. Uh, but Kirk Cousins flew to Antigua to get a stem cell treatment on his Achilles. That's not huge news or anything like that. Uh, it's, it just is part of whatever his plan is for recovery. It doesn't really change the fact that we don't know how well he will be recovered, right? We can't see into the future there, uh, and it doesn't really change anything about his negotiations or anything like that. So if that's all you really came here to like care about, then that's kind of all there is. It's just, okay, next step, whatever he had planned. But I'll be honest with you, I find that fascinating, and I just kind of went down a rabbit hole and researched a whole bunch of stuff about it, and I'm going to tell you about it. And there's not a lot you can do to stop me. Actually, there's nothing you can do to stop me, because I will have already recorded it by the time you listen to it. So... What's done is done. We're talking about this. <laughs> I mean, it is like kind of relevant, right? Like Kirk Cousins is the name of the game here for the next two months. He is the person that every other decision branches off of. So discussing anything that will affect potentially affect his recovery does kind of feel in bounds. Anyways, uh, before I get into what's cool about it, I should uh, address the elephant in the room. Um, because I'm sure some, a lot of people are, will care a lot. I personally, uh, don't, but these are not embryonic stem cells. Embryonic stem cells are the ones you see in the news all the time that are from embryos, right? That there's a whole moral discussion about that. That's not what we're talking about here. We are talking about, I, I, I went to the company that he used and their about page told me where they sourced it from. And that company uses Wharton's jelly, which is, uh, stem cells from umbilical cords, which... That's a, a much less controversial way of, of harvesting and using stem cells because you don't really need that one after you're done with it. <laughs> so for anybody who's like super concerned about the, like the moralities of all of that, uh, don't worry about it. It's we're, we're talking about a different kind of thing here. Um, that said, stem cell research is really cool. And it's just one of those medical technologies that gets me kind of stoked. So I'm going to tell you about it uh, because technology rocks. So essentially, for those who don't know, a stem cell is just a cell that hasn't decided what it's going to be yet. Um, 
I, I think of it like a, like an egg, like a chicken egg. And that chicken egg can become a fried egg. It can be a scrambled egg. It can be a hard-boiled egg. It could become a poached egg. It can become a lot of things, right? We haven't figured out what it's going to be yet. And so the way the body makes stuff, bone cells, muscle cells, blood cells, the way it produces stuff, you actually have some stem cells uh, all the time in your bone marrow, right? In, inside of your bones, you have stem cells. That's how the body works. Uh, you can think of it as like taking a chicken egg and putting a little post-it note on it that says fry this one and hard boil this one and scramble this one and so on, right? And there's a whole bunch of those in the umbilical cord uh, during a pregnancy. So what this company, which I should probably, uh, Vitro Biopharma, this is their deal, is in harvesting that stuff, that those stem cells out of the umbilical cord once it is done being used, and then using the, that for a whole bunch of medical procedures. So how, how did, what does that have to do with Kirk Cousins' Achilles? I think this is really interesting. So Kirk Cousins did have surgery, and a lot of the research about stem cells is um, proposing it as an alternative to surgery at all. That's not what we're doing here, right? We are not asking that much of the stem cells. But basically, when your body sees a, a localized infusion of stem cells, essentially they just dump a whole bunch of them right there at the Achilles. And his body is, supposedly, this is all still kind of uh, cloudy research, supposedly the body sees that and says, whoa, that's a whole bunch of unused building blocks Looks like we have work to do. And your body will essentially turbo drive the, the it's, it's like healing processes. Because well, like when you get any injury or any wound, your body knows how to heal it, right? It'll scab over and it knows, okay, I got to make this many skin cells. I got to remake this many muscle cells. I got to re remake the blood cells we lost and all that. Like it knows, right? Uh, so you're essentially just kickstarting that process by giving it a whole bunch of building blocks, a whole bunch of, of raw chicken eggs, and it knows exactly how many it has to fry and how many it has to hard boil and how many it has to scramble, right? And what's cool about this stem cell research too is what they used to think is like if you took stem cells from your own bone marrow, which is a procedure that happens a lot, by the way, you take stem cells out of your own bone marrow or, you know, a bone marrow donor, uh, and that can make bone or blood cells. So they will use that in like cancer treatments and stuff like that. Um, and they used to think that like if you're taking a cell out of bone marrow, that cell knows how to make blood and it's got the post-it note on it that says this is supposed to make blood and we're kind of stuck with that. But recently they've actually figured out how to take the post-it note off and replace it with a different one, which is a really, really cool medical technology. That means we can open up to a whole bunch of different like medical procedures that can make certain recoveries that used to seem impossible way less impossible. I think that rocks. I have no idea what it means for Kirk Cousins' Achilles. I don't need to know what it means for Kirk Cousins' Achilles because, look, we, we just wait six months. We'll find out how it's going, right? As soon as it's time for him to get on the field, we'll see how it's going, right? Uh, but I, I just think it's neat. I don't know. <laughs> Let's deal with it. it. He might not even be a Viking by the time we find out about this, right? It could be, could be a free agent. Go sign somewhere else, and then we find out. Uh, if, it, if it worked or not. He he did mention, you know, he said, oh, I'm just kind of doing everything I possibly can to make that repair process as good as possible. And I mean, he knows he's going to be in a negotiation, whether it's with the Vikings or later with somebody else, he's going to have to be in a negotiation that like he might not be able to fully walk to physically because he's going to still be in recovery for this. So he's just trying to send the message out there that he, he's taking it, you know, doing as much as he can and taking it as seriously as possible and attacking it with the vigor that that Kirk Cousins attacks everything. Right. 
That said, it probably shouldn't change too much about your opinion on whether or not the Vikings should sign Kirk Cousins or anything like this. This is not the biggest breaking news ever. That's why I said that in the beginning. I just think it's cool. I wanted to talk about it. So uh, here's the deal. I've tricked you all. I've clickbaited you because I told you that this was about about the Kirk Cousins procedure. And we did talk about that. But now I'm actually going to talk about like the nuances of QB footwork for two more segments. And there's nothing you can do to stop me. You are my prisoner here and uh, you like it. Today's episode of Locked On Vikings is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's, it's online therapy made easy, and I think therapy can be important for just about anyone. And a lot of people will think that they are uh, not made out for therapy or that they don't need therapy or that it's not the service that's for them. Uh, but to that, I say try again, because a lot of people will get one therapist and it doesn't work out with that person, and then they think that's just what all therapy is like, and it doesn't work out, right? Some people want guys like the guy from Goodwill Hunting, and some people want something totally different. BetterHelp can help you sort through what you need and, and what you're trying to get out of therapy and then link you up with somebody that can give you that. I don't know about you, but sometimes for me, I mean, it's a, I've been in therapy for, year, for years now, and sometimes we just talk about the Vikings. Like my therapist is a big Steelers fan. So sometimes we just like talk about that <laughs> and then that's okay, right? Sometimes we need to, good gracious. Uh, <laughs> so if you want to get involved, you can go to uh, betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off of your first month. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day today. For your second listen, why don't you go check out the Lockdown Minnesota Sports YouTube channel and go to their 24-7 live stream. All things Locked On Minnesota Sports. If you like this show and you also like other Minnesota sports teams like the Wolves in the Wild, go check that out. Throw it on in the background and forget about it. Pretty cool stuff. Um, so, like I said, there's not really much more to say about the Kirk Cousins stem cell thing. I just think it's kind of a, a, a neat procedure to talk about. But really, he's just continuing to try to recover from that injury. Uh, so instead, I would like to share a little bit of what I've learned lately about quarterback footwork. Now, I, I have spent a lot of time researching and learning things that if you are a quarterback's coach or a quarterback, you probably know pretty comfortably, but it's new to me and it's probably new to a lot of people. So I'm going to share it because that's basically all Locked On Vikings is, is me learning stuff and sharing it with you the same day I just learned it. Um, so this is for a series that I'm working on for the wide left Substack that Arif Hassan's, uh owns. I already have one piece from it out, which is about Michael Penix and the biomechanics of throwing. Uh, there's one about Caleb Williams and scrambling that's coming out soon. And I've just started one about Jaden Daniels and dropbacks, dropback footwork in particular. Um, but I guess I should start with the Penix thing because it's footwork. And I won't go into Penix in a lot of detail today. I'll, I'll save that for a day probably closer to the draft. Um, but needless to say, he's got a bit of a weird throwing motion. And what's weird about it and how it can cause inaccuracies is, I think, pretty instructive and a great way to learn uh, a little bit more about how quarterback throws work like Physically, this is a very sciencey. I can I mean, I've been in a sciencey mood, so this is gonna be a sciencey time on Locked On Vikings. If you want and some examples and an actual like write up of like all of this comprehensively, you're you're gonna want to go to the wide left piece. But I can share with you some things that I think are kind of interesting. Um, so 
I, I in the piece I compared it to golf because golf and quarterbacking and kicking actually uh, have a lot in common. Um, both just the kind of mental and physical balance that you have to have, the balance that you have to have between uh, power and precision, as well as just the actual mechanics of your body. And if you think about it, think about the human body and the way that it is constructed. What's the best way to generate power on a thing going forward, right? What's the best way for the human body to take an object and make it go forward with as much control and as much power as possible, right? And the answer to that question is torque. Twisting and untwisting. That is what makes um, a, a quarterback's throw powerful or not powerful. And I, I think it's funny when you hear stuff about quarterbacks that's like arm strength. Because arm strength is like you don't become a good quarterback by doing bicep curls, right? Like there is a weightlifting regimen for quarterbacks. It's like part of it. But that's not how the human body generates torque, right? That's not how you generate power. Similarly, if you're a golfer, you don't generate power with big, strong, muscly arms, right? You generate power with flexibility. And the more your body gets twisted up, Humans don't really want to be twisted up. They made a lot of, they really used that to their advantage in medieval times. Um, but the more you <laughs> wanted to be twisted, the more you, you twist it up, the more force it's going to have when it untwists, right? It untangles all of itself, right? And if you can, if you're in a place where you, where you can stand up and just kind of try it, right? Like just try holding your feet tight and then turning your body the other way. You, you, you feel that power, right? You feel that tension that wants to release. That's, that's potential energy. And when you release it, it turns into kinetic energy, which is what is then enacted on the ball that makes it go forward. And your arm is a guiding force. It is a thing that aims it. And yeah, you do use your arm and your shoulder and, and those muscles to add additional power. But really, where you want your arm to be is in a, a, a straightforward place that guides the ball to its intended destination. I don't know about you guys, but I watch a lot of Q the QB school. I'm a patron of the QB school, uh, and I love the YouTube videos. I love what JT O'Sullivan does. I've learned a ton from him. You probably notice if you watch both me and him, you probably notice I've probably couched some of his phrases all the time. But there's some stuff that he says about quarterbacking that I think is really awesome. Um, he wants cleats in the ground. You'll see, you'll hear that all the time with him. Cleats in the ground, cleats in the ground. And the reason he's saying that is because you want a solid, stable base to throw off of. Um, because if you think about like a, a, a like a towel, right? that you twist up and then you kind of like do the smack thing or like what the rat smack or whatever it's called the rat tail. I forget. It's been a while since high school folks. Um, <laughs> but you know, if you twist up a towel and you, you put that tension in it, it, physics wise, it's not that different of force. And if you let go of both of those ends of the towel at the same time, it's not really going to do anything, right? It's just going to kind of like limply untwist and fall to the ground. Um, in order to do that like that smack that you get with it you have to hold one of those ends stay steady and taut um and and 
it's a similar idea. You have to anchor something, right? That's why you, you want your cleats in the ground. That's why cleats have spikes in them so that they can dig into the ground and keep everything super, super stable so that all that twisting energy you use gets all released by the top half of your body and none of it gets released by the bottom half of your body. With Penix, um, he doesn't do that. <laughs> That's one of the major things that I noticed when I was watching Michael Penix. Um, and I noticed it at first. I started doing this before the national championship. I actually did it because of the Sugar Bowl because everybody was talking about him as he should have won the Heisman or whatever. And I was like, all right, I'll watch this kid. Uh, and, and I noticed that in some of the earlier games of the season. And then I flicked on the national championship game and saw some really nasty misses and he was still doing it. So this is a habit that he has where he will not shift his weight properly into the ball. And you can see that evidenced by the fact that his lead foot, which because he's a lefty, it's his right foot. It's usually someone's left foot, but it's the foot in front will sort of slip back as he untwists and his follow through like isn't quite correct because of it. Um, when you want a follow through and you can find those really nice picture perfect uh, photos from just about any game of especially of star quarterbacks, you know, like uh, Holmes and like, you know, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and all that stuff. You can find pictures of them, which I used in, in the wide left feed. So again, just, just go read that. Um, but if you have that beautiful follow through, what you want is your lead foot to be still planted in the ground where it was because all your weight should have shifted to it to throw, right? You have... 200 some pounds of your quarterback, right? Probably 200 ish pounds of, uh, of, of gunpowder, basically of force that you can transfer into energy by shifting it from your back foot to your front foot. This also happens in golf. This happens in baseball, all kinds of things that you, that require you to twist up your body and then untwist it to generate a forward motion. And with Penix, you can see that not all of that weight gets shifted to the front foot and therefore to get power on the ball, he actually jumps a little. It's not a like a Tim Tebow, Tavares Jackson jump pass that's like super apparent. His foot just slides back a little bit, but his foot shouldn't be able to slide back if all of his weight were on it. So it tells you that he's not putting all of his weight on his foot. And... I think that he's a really interesting guy to start with in the uh, quarterback discussion for should the Vikings draft a QB because he's kind of a likely one. I think he has an aggression that uh, Kevin O'Connell's really going to like. We we know that he likes being aggressive, and so does Michael Penix. He's very willing to throw a one-on-one -on -one matchup to a wide receiver he trusts. We've got a couple dudes that I think we are going to be into that. So in the event, I don't think he's one of the top three guys or anything, but in, in the event that, you know, those top three guys are out of reach, they can't trade up and get him. Maybe they go one, two, three, and nobody wants to trade down. Um, Penix seems like he's enough of a fit for the Vikings to maybe want to draft him. I don't know if I would agree with that necessarily, but he's a possibility we should reckon with. Um, so I want to talk about him a little bit more specifically and like his fit with the Vikings and for the rest of that was only one part of the biomechanics thing for all the other stuff and your, your arm, the way it should come forward with your elbow angle and all that stuff. Go read the white left piece. Um, but let's let's move on to Penix in particular.
Today's episode of Lockdown Vikings is brought to you by LinkedIn. It's the best place to find a new hire. If you are somebody who owns a small business or maybe you just run hiring for somebody, that's probably not the only thing you are responsible for. And it's not feasible for you to spend every waking day at your job working on hiring. But that's kind of what it takes nowadays. There's so many people out there. There's so many resumes. On LinkedIn alone, there's over a billion professionals that you have access to. And you can post your job for free right there. And suddenly all of them know that you're hiring. And it can be a lot of work to narrow those people down. Not only is that just a huge volume of stuff, but you can't really do a half cooked effort, right? Like you have to be really careful because hiring is a huge investment. And, uh, if it, therefore it represents a huge risk. So LinkedIn understands all of this. It understands that you can't put the time in that you would need to. So it has tools that don't do a lot of the legwork for you, like helping you write the job descriptions and a lot of screening questions that help you narrow down the kinds of candidates that you are looking for. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode is also brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is a great place to find last minute tickets to any event, whether it is a football game, if you live in an area that's about to host a playoff game, you live in, De in Detroit or whatever, you want to go see it. That'd be pretty fun, I think, but it's pretty late to get tickets. <laughs> so Game Time has a lot of last minute deals, flash sales leading up to the opening of the event and even like an hour into the event. And it's not just sports games. It's I mean, it can be like a Wolves game or a wild game, but it can be concert theater, all kinds of stuff there, too. And they are very, very upfront about what they are charging you. So you know exactly what the total price will be right there as you are selecting your seats. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Moving on with this episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, I'm going to do some broad strokes on Michael Penix, but I will come back to the quarterbacks closer to the draft, like as we're like approaching draft weekend and recap all of this. So don't worry about it if it feels a little abridged, but I'll tell you kind of what I think of Penix right now. So I think his biomechanics are a problem. Uh, there is something to philosophically, if a quarterback throws it a little weird, but it works, don't mess with it. Um, again, to go to the golf thing, if you are a regular golfer and you've ever taken lessons and had someone try to change your swing, you probably got a lot worse in the interim. <laughs> and, you know, who, who's to say if it worked or if it made you better, if it didn't. But as you're trying to, to change the way you play something that is so rhythmic and so rooted in muscle memory as quarterback is, um, it can be pretty devastating to your game in the interim because now you're thinking. And you're going, hey, is my elbow doing the right thing? Am I, am I doing this right thing with my feet? Like, am I, you know, thinking about your weight shift and thinking about all this stuff. And you're not just playing. It's like another thought to happen. And it, it, quarterback is compressed so much, right? A, a quarterback rep shouldn't take more than four seconds. That sentence took longer than a play should take. <laughs> and so there's not a lot of time to think about other extra stuff. So... Changing the way that Penix plays is really worrying, but leaving him the way he plays is also kind of worrying. 
accuracy-wise, he's one of the worst in the that kind of upper echelon of the class, or at least of the six guys that I compared him to for the wide left piece, which was uh, J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels. Those are the other the other five guys. And those will be the, the, the five guys of the series, by the way. So if you want breakdowns of those guys with that same kind of like overly technical, this is let's learn about quarterback while we kind of look at this guy sort of vibe, that's what the series is going to be. And I'm super jazzed on it, if you can tell. Um, but of those six guys, his accuracy, uh, he threw the most uncatchable passes by percentage. I think he was the, the second least accurate, just generally. Um, or, or, but it was like closer to the middle of the pack. It was, they're all pretty bunched up when it comes to just like raw accuracy percentage. These are PFF stats, by the way. Um, so for me, that's concerned. He is inaccurate and his biomechanics are wrong. His arm angle is wrong. He's got that weight shift problem. Um, essentially because he doesn't get the torque on his body that he needs to, he is winging it with just like all arm. And this is another thing that you'll hear a lot from JT O'Sullivan if you watch a lot of QB school. When you're going all arm, like for example, try throwing when sitting down, which actually some QB coaches will do as a drill to like try to make you better at off-platform throwing is get you used to throwing with like in a chair or even in like like one of the chairs that I'm sitting in right now is an office chair and it's wheelie and it's spinny. Like one like that where you literally cannot generate any torque with anything but your arm and see how accurate you are versus like standing up and throwing a football. Like if you have the means to test that, I would be curious as to the results of that uh, experiment. But it like you will feel that it is harder to be consistent and to get power on it. And that's essentially what we're seeing from Michael Penix. And it is having a detrimental effect on his actual accuracy. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't dimes in there. And that doesn't mean that there aren't off-platform dimes in there. I think because he has been throwing off-platform, I I only took stuff from his final year because I figure that's the closest thing we get to him him in the NFL to project him forward, uh, which is something that has not led me astray very often unless there's like a reason to, you know, like he was dealing with an injury or whatever, like Will Levis was in a weird offense, like maybe that kind of thing. But but if he's been throwing off-platform for a long time, you, you get good at it eventually, right? Uh, just look at Aaron Rodgers or now look at what's happening with Jordan Love in the playoffs, right? Like he's just deciding this is how I live, right? I can do these cross body, like cross face, you know, nonsense throws. And maybe that becomes the guy that you are, but it's not the guy that Penix is. And now you got to bring in the age and the injuries, right? So he's had two ACL tears, um, two ACL injuries. I believe they were on the same knee, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that means that there is just this aggravated risk of re-injury. There's scar tissue in there. There's just, there's been a lot of surgery. There's been repairs to it. Um, it is not grown the way that it was naturally supposed to grow as you're a kid, you know, the way that your Achilles, your ACL and my ACL are assuming you haven't also torn your ACL. Um, it's just going to be that much more fragile. There is a correlation. If you've hurt your ACL before, you're at greater risk of hurting your ACL later. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. It's not a prediction, but it's a likelihood, right? Um, So that's something to keep in mind. But I I think more concerningly, he's older, right? He's 23. He might be 24 by the time he actually plays. And for older quarterbacks, this was a huge discussion when it came last year to guys like Hendon Hooker or Jaron Hall, who came out older. BYU is different. It's a mission. Hendon Hooker just played a long time. Um, but also guys get injured and they play a long time. So it's kind of a similar situation here with Penix that it was to Hooker. It's more difficult to learn things. 
at the extreme end, you get the idea, you know, every single human learns a language at one year old, right? They learn how to speak their native language at one year old. Um, if you try to learn a new language in your late twenties, that's pretty hard. That's, that's way harder than it was for you when you were one year old, because your brain at one year old is built to absorb new information and, and learn how to talk, right? Um, at 23, not so much. Now, look, if you're, if you're in your twenties and you spend a year in a place that speaks another language, you will pick up that in language by, you know, osmosis and stuff. And I don't think it's entirely different when it comes to like learning a new NFL playbook or whatever. But when it comes to breaking all your old habits, especially when you've had years to ingrain those habits, it gets a lot harder to teach you new stuff, which is why I, I don't view age as a deal breaker. I view age as, okay, this guy probably is who he is then. And I, am I okay with that or not is going to be my draft is going to be like what uh, determines my draft opinion of him versus when I'm looking at somebody who's 20 and I say, ah, he's got a lot of improvements to make, but he's got time to make them. So I'm not quite as concerned, right? It's part of why I liked Anthony Richardson so much last year is because he was also young and he didn't read as a guy that had too much to learn, which is wild because he's only had played like 13 games or whatever, but he came off really polished as a passer. And I, I, that's why I was so psyched, so, so psyched on him. Um, whatever it may be, the, uh, bottom line with Penix is there are issues and I don't know if he will be able to fix them for Penix to be successful. Like here's, here is my world for the Vikings with Penix. I think if Penix is going to be a successful Vikings quarterback, it only occurs in the universes where he's like a second round pick and the Vikings sign Kirk Cousins and he doesn't have to start year one. Which again, for an older quarterback, not necessarily what you want. So I'm not the biggest Penix guy. Um, but in that situation, I could say, okay, get a year, work on your mechanics. You know, don't worry about game plans. Don't worry even so much about the playbook. Just get the basics down. You don't need to know game plan to game plan to game plan or whatever. We're, 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 we're taking a technical year. You'll be QB3 all year. We're not even going to activate you unless it's an emergency. You know, that's it, right? Maybe you go listen in on the sideline, go be a sponge for a year, and we'll see what we have next year with you, right? And we picked yet, pick, you know, 65, so that's all right. Like the Kellen Mond treatment, basically. Uh, and just hope it works out a little better this time. But if you can do that, and you can get his him to fix his mechanics while sitting him on the bench for that interim where everything's messed up because you're thinking too much, until he gets used to those new mechanics and then he can just play again, then I think you can have a dude. Uh, like, I love the way his mind works. I love the way he reads. Like, you can tell that there's experience there with the way that he 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 reads stuff out. Um, and I like a lot of the things about his makeup as a quarterback. If you want a more in-depth thing that is uh, actually has, like, video on it, <laughs> um, you can go to patreon.com slash NFL. That video is free to watch. Um, it is the most recent one. So just go click on that. Or there's a Caleb Williams one on there as well. There'll be a Jaden Daniels one on there soon. That will also be free to watch. My Patreon is donation only right now. So I'd appreciate your support. But if you don't want to, don't care. That's fine. Come watch anyways. Uh, so with that, we'll uh, hang them up for the day. I will see you guys all tomorrow on the Lockdown Vikings podcast. And maybe it'll be more normal. But also maybe it won't. I'll see you guys next time. And as always, Skull.